Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Excellent baby. separation against man coverage. This is Reception Reception the Show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception the Show. Matt, how are you doing today? On this beautiful, well, I guess when everyone hears it, it's going to be a beautiful Thursday, but it's a beautiful Wednesday as we record right now. Doing great, man. Um, you know, very busy here uh, doing some personal business on the East Coast, but um, still locked in on all locked things in. NFL. You know, been I know we're going to talk about Christian Watson here in a little bit. Um, yeah. Hoping to add him to the rookie report here, um, which is on the website, of course, receptionperception.com. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not signed up for the website, what is wrong with you? Um, you know, he'll be he'll be featured <laughs> right. in the rookie report. I'm hoping by end of day Thursday. So when you're listening to this, hopefully before Thursday night football, I will be able to get that up there. Um, and also updating the dynasty rankings on the site this week. I know trade deadlines are coming up here, so I'll be uh, pushing a new update again. Probably by the time people are listening to this, it will already be up there there you go all right talk to us let's just get right into it man uh we will hit on the kc receivers we're gonna hit on interesting developments there in the bay area with Debo and brandon Ayuk. and then uh if we have time we'll talk about the cardinals with potentially marquise brown uh coming back very very soon how will that impact the pass catchers for arizona but let's start in green bay um and again maybe by the time you listen to this it'll be old but who knows who cares but what's your initial takeaway uh, from his big blow-up game that we just saw in week number 10. Look, if you're listening to this after Thursday Night Football, it's still going to be important for you to hear this type of stuff, right? Like, uh, Because mm-hmm. he's, he's a long-term player here. And um, it's really interesting, James. You know, I decided to, because I hadn't looked at Christian, I hadn't charted any Christian Watson yet, because he had only really played like um, you know a small handful of games. So, so I didn't right. include him in the initial release of the rookie report. But I was like, okay, that game against the Cowboys, I mean, he had he had a hundred plus yards in that game. He had 88 yards total heading into that game, had not scored any touchdowns. He scored three touchdowns against the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Um, right. right. And so what I decided to do was to chart his week one game. And okay. then, which was the other game that he had played the most snaps in. And so it's like, again, that's the gap that we had gotten here for Christian Watson. Like this is a guy who struggled with a lot of injuries. Um, I'm, get, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but we'll come back to that point. He's he's a so then I started the week one game, then his most recent game against the Cowboys. But like, yeah, what I think people forget is that this is a guy who has suffered a lot of injuries already in the NFL, like and just missed a lot of time. Like, you know, he was injured in training camp, right? Like he was injured in mini camps for parts like so he's just I I think he's still a a very, very raw player is my takeaway um, watching him. You know, I think 
he can really only do a couple of, you know, a couple of things really well right now, which is run okay. go routes. We saw that 71.4% success rate on nine routes, 31.8% of his routes in those, just those two games. And like I said, I'll have the full sample up for people on the website. Um, again, by, by Thursday night football, for sure. 31.8% go routes in those two uh, games there. Like I said, 71% success rate. 13.6% uh, slant route rate, like, but at 83.3% success rate. That the, like His ability on deep routes, his ability on crossing routes, really nice. Everything else, it's not there yet. I mean, it's, it's okay. just not. Um, the hands are definitely still inconsistent. The technique is still really inconsistent. But, I mean, that actually, I think, I think that fits my player comparison for him pre-draft which you can find on the rookie um, the, the like re- mini sample roundup I did on these guys on the website. Okay. Martavis Bryant. It was my player mm. comparison. And, and I kind of feel like that fits really well. Like he's, he's a freaky guy, Christian Watson. I mean, he can, he just moves differently when he's running a straight line again, either on those crossing routes on those go routes. So did Martavis Bryant, but as good as Martavis Bryant was and shout out to Martavis Bryant, by the way, he was drafted to the XFL this week. Um, so he's okay. back in he's back in our lives. The, of course, the Vegas team took him with their of first course. round pick. Of course, perfect. There you go. But I, you know, that was Martinez Bryant as good as he was. He was still a very technically raw player and never mm-hmm. really got into that like consistent number one wide receiver level. Obviously, a lot of stuff off the field, but um, because of those inconsistencies, so I feel like that's kind of a good comparison for Christian Watson right now. Well, you know, it's when I look at Christian Watson, and of course, you look at the size and the speed. I, I mean, this guy is is James huge. He's six, hi, he really is. Uh, other than the fact that I I don't think he can catch that well, which is not ideal. Um, but uh, six four, you know, ran a sub four four forty. So obviously, the guy can absolutely fly. And given his size and speed, uh, that's really what vaulted him up these you know the draft boards. He was a high second round pick. Um, and you thought, okay, right there, you're thinking, Hey man, uh, green Bay's making a, an aggressive move to go get this wide receiver. Unfortunately, it's an aggressive move for a developing player, which is, yeah. I don't know. I mean, listen, you want to get the best guy that you can get and I get it, you know, and, and you know, this guy could develop into an absolute stud because of the athletic traits, but he's a developing player. This is a, a team that during draft time had championship as like they they, they have yeah, a championship window right like they needed help immediately um so i can't help but look at christian watson and say man this unfortunately is a as we sit here in 2022 is a lesser version of a marquez valdez scantling right somebody that's going to run deep downfield try to take the lid off the top um, and it's got really shaky hands too. All of it all fits that MBS profile. Um, Matt, I- I'll ask you, you know, Christian Watson, looking at his numbers in the small sample that you saw versus MVS, what you charted last year, uh, you know, are these comparisons, are they accurate? I think he's a lot better than MVS. It certainly has like a high, much higher ceiling. I get your point. Like, of what, course. like the vertical. Right. St- yeah. But, but I get your point about like the vertical stuff and it was hard not to think that, um, it was hard not to think that when it like I forgot it, the first play of the Packers entire season was a go mm-hmm. route that, by the way, Christian Watson, I mean, he just took old man Patrick Peterson, who's having a really good season, but he took him to the woodshed, I know. Um, like right. ran right past him and then dropped it, you know, and that was like that was the way the Packers season started. And it was like a foreshadowing of things to come for this Packers season. Such I mean, such a tone setter, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and of course Rogers is like pissed off right away. <laughs> Dude. Could you imagine could you imagine playing with Aaron Rodgers? Like it would just no. and I know he's Aaron Rodgers, like so he gets away with it. Like it's a it is always funny that like I would say the two worst quarterbacks in terms of body language are Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray, but it's like one of them is Aaron Rodgers and one of them is Kyler Murray. You know what I'm saying? Uh, True. Like one of these yeah, guys yeah. has a few more skins <laughs> on the walls. Right. But but anyways, I'm getting I'm getting distracted here. But but the point here is like I think Christian Watson shows more potential to be a like he has a higher success rate versus man, higher success rate versus zone than Mark than uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling did in his full RP sample um, last year. Like I think he's got more ability to get open, especially on those crossing routes. Like, yeah, Marquez Valdez Scantling could run go routes and corner routes and vertical stuff, and and it, you know didn't have any drops last year. Uh, Mark, Mark Mark MBS, but there there is that. But yeah, I think that. Th- that's similar for the Christian Watson thing, but I think he's got more potential to be like a crossing route player, which does get me kind of excited at least for fantasy this year, because like, you know, I can have all these questions about him as a player, but like, he's going to get the opportunity to be an every down outside receiver and he can hold that opportunity. Like he will probably be volatile, but he will have these big, big weeks. Um, you know, again, hopefully you're not listening to this after Thursday night football, but like, you know, the, t- the Titans have certainly gotten burned on some, um, oh, yeah vertical passing plays like I could see Christian Watson having a big Thursday night game but he's just he's just he definitely has more development to do um what I am one one more thing I'm encouraged by is like you know the Packers have kind of and I I I don't know um I don't know what they do when and if Romeo Dobbs gets back this season but like they've kind of alternated Romeo Dobbs between X and flanker and they've done the same thing with Christian Watson like and I think he's really interesting as like a pre-snap motion type guy not necessarily just as a full-time X receiver. Uh, so that would be fascinating to see where those two guys kind of file in together. Cause I guess they're the future at this receiver core. Yeah, they have to be. Um, and honestly, as in terms of developing players, that's not a bad core. It's just a weird time to have developing players for yes, a, a team, you know, for a team that's, you know, trying to their window, their championship window is, is pretty much done. Um, so it's a yeah. weird time to have developing players, but I agree with you that, having these two guys, it's, it's, it's a nice actually developing core of pass catchers. All right. So MVS last La- year, last success- two, last two things on, on this, just by the way. Yeah. It's just funny that you um say, it's just funny that you say like, that, yeah, they plan to go with developmental guys. Their one veteran guy was like Sammy Watkins. Who's been just terrible this year. And like, I keep getting annoyed at like, oh, you know, the Packers have had injuries. Like these guys, like Chris Collinsworth kept hammering that point when like in the two minute drill against the bills, like, Dude, the they've got Sammy Watkins on the field. They've got Romeo Dobbs on the field. I know they were missing Lazard and Cobb in that game, but it's like that was their plan at outside receiver was yeah. Sammy Watkins and <laughs> Romeo Dobbs and Christian. This That's was right. the plan, and it was just a bad plan. And also, one last shout out to you, James. Did you see Amari Rogers got cut? Remember when you like <laughs> blasted, blasted, you, bl- Green you blasted, blast and blasted at them for taking Amari Rogers in the third round, and he it's pretty, pretty hard to have a worse start to your career than Amari Rogers did. Like fumbles, like every time he catches the ball fumbles, uh, blows it on special teams, just gets obliterated as a run blocker. Tough scene. Tough scene. I mean, the bottom line was he was not a good athlete. Right. And from what we saw from his college tape too, I'm like, he's not just not a special athlete. It's like, <laughs> I was just struggling to figure out what he does well. You know, you take this guy in the third round. And it's like, if you had just like ponied up just a little bit more and just had the stones to take Elijah Moore, 
just just do that. You know? How about you just take like, Amon Ross St. Brown in the third I'm round, who was like an objectively better prospect? Uh oh, Amon Ross went in the fourth round, didn't he? He went a full round yep. later. Yep. Oh full my god. Later. Oh my god. That is unbelievable. Um, okay, so yeah, uh two developing uh pretty good, you know, younger players in Romeo Dobbs. Uh, in and um, I keep wanting to call you MVS, not MVS, Christian Watson there in Green Bay. Not fair to Christian Watson. I, I just the point that I was making was that where they are at in their respective careers right in this moment, I'm not talking about in the future because obviously Watson's got a much brighter yeah. future than MVS. I'm just saying. Um, having a veteran wide receiver in MVS, I don't know, may may have been a little bit better for this Green Bay team uh, than a developing Watson. But anyways, whatever. We shall see. Because you know what? I tell you what, uh, again, when you're listening to this, you know, maybe you listen to it after the Tennessee game, and he's got Watson's got an awesome chance to post another great game um, against Tennessee. Again, no Romeo Dobbs. He's going to have all the op- opportunity in the world. Uh, to shine against a Tennessee defense that is pretty banged up. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Speaking of banged up, how about Kansas City? Um, you look at their top three guys. Speaking of MBS, MBS is banged up. Juju's banged up. Nicole Harden's banged up. They all, all missed practice on Wednesday. Uh, don't know what the future holds here for any of those three. I would be, I mean, just stunned, Matt, if Juju plays. He got absolutely laid out. I mean, you saw the fencing response and all those things. And in this atmosphere uh, of concussion, uh, protections and those kind of things, man. Like, there's no way in hell Juju goes on Sunday. Yeah, I would be very, very surprised as well if we saw Juju. And I think it's just going to be really fascinating, like to see what these, like to see what they do um, with these wide receivers. Because right. I mean, MBS has an illness; he could, he could probably end up playing. Um, then you got to look at McCole Hardman, who missed last week. He has an illness to his abdomen, which I'm not a hundred percent sure what that. Means. What that means yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know but right i think last week what we saw you know Kadarius tony got a lot more involvement in the second half of the game uh, after juju obviously had that big concussion 
from right. a snap standpoint, he was below 50% of the offensive snaps in the first half and in the second half. So really it was, they got him the ball more in the second half. And, you know, they right. got him the ball in the ways that we'd kind of expect uh, for Kadarius Tony. He was mostly a wide receiver, but he was off the line of scrimmage a ton. Um, seven per, like seven uh, air yards per target for Kadarius Tony. So definitely shorter, more designed touches. Um, but he averaged seven point uh, eight out yards after the catch per reception. Like the ability to make moves in the open field. We, you saw that on his touchdown. You saw that just generally. Right. Like that's that's where the guy is at this point. So not having Juju would be pretty huge because Juju's been like a not a full-time slot receiver, but a majority slot, like like about a 50-50 slot guy uh, for the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs this year. Um, I think Kadarius Tony could fit really well in that role, like the starting flanker in two receiver sets. Um, MBS is the X receiver there. And then, I mean, ba but basically like that's what McCall Hardman's been doing. Like he's been the, he's been the gadget, uh, the, yeah. the gadget slot guy. Motion for this team. dude. And I think, yeah, well, like Kadarius Tony could totally be that like he scored his touchdown closer to the I believe it was on a red zone target right uh the Kadarius Tony scored his um touchdown yeah he had one red zone target on on the day on 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 Sunday against the Jags um and, and I, they'll probably have to spread the field a little bit more if in a game that's not against the damn Jacksonville Jaguars right right um against the LA Chargers on Sunday Night Football um that'll certainly be more of an opportunity for Kadarius Tony to to play more in the slot but um yeah I think he fits naturally as like that gadget um flanker slot type of guy I think that's still where he is in, in his developmental career. I think it's really interesting that, this, you know, Justin Watson's a guy who like, they kind of haven't been able to like quit this year. Like they've gotten like, <laughs> a ton in it and he's like the right. biggest body dude of this group. Right. Like he's yeah. the, he's the one guy that has like, and he's another kind of like a, a freak show, um, you know, on this and he doesn't get a ton of targets. Like, you know, even even against the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, he runs the second most routes among the wide receivers, just 3.4 targets per route run. So he's definitely uh, you know looking to get into the cardio club at this point. But um, <laughs> he's a guy that they like to play on the outside because he's the biggest body yeah. of the group. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about 6'3", 225 pounds, and uh, you talk about the size and speed combination. Certainly very interesting dude. Guy came out of Penn, so obviously there wasn't a lot of you know tape or uh, a lot of buzz surrounding Justin Watson, but uh, this is a guy, again, uh, 6'3", 225 pounds. And uh, what did he run at his pro day? A 4'4", 4, 4, 4. Yeah. A 4'4", four, 4, 4, 40 <laughs> at his pro day. So um, elite, we're talking elite size and speed combination. And again, a four 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 at two hundred and twenty some odd pounds. Like, come on now, that is impressive. Um, and you're right; he's the biggest, you know, bodied receiver they've got. Um, I, I think maybe if MVS plays, you know, Justin Watson is going to be out there as well. But actually, what I am more interested in, and I will get your opinion on this. Give me the the. To me, I think it really comes down to Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony. Right. In terms of I don't think Juju's playing. I would be stunned if he plays. So who's the guy that fills in into that slot role? And I just wonder if he's got an entire week of practice where Andy Reid can scheme up some stuff and get him acclimated in into that offense. What does Sky Moore look like uh, if he slides right into that Juju role? I think this is interesting, you know, and I thought about this when I was doing the rookie report. I thought about this just charting Sky Moore. Um, throughout the season and by the way like he was fifth in terms of the wide receivers and routes run even with the juju injury even with the McCoy right. Hardman injury like they didn't get him on the field a ton nope. um and in this game too he played 86.7 percent of his snaps out wide again just 
not a ton of snaps, but I don't think they, they want Sky Moore to be a slot receiver, which I think goes against the pre-draft thought um, yeah. because he wasn't necessarily like, I'll, I'll pull it up as, as I'm talking here, but he wasn't necessarily in his reception perception sample, like a slot receiver, but that was sort of like, he drew a ton of comparisons to, um, to golden Tate. I mean, he, yeah, mm-hmm. he was about a, he was about a 34.8% uh, slot player in his college reception perception sample. And so far in his rookie uh, report sample for, uh, you know, what's on the website right now, he's a 35% slot player, Sky Moore. So okay. I think they, they've gotten him a ton of reps as an X receiver. They've, they've gotten him a ton of reps as like a flanker so far in the NFL. They've not necessarily used him as a slot guy, despite those like golden Tate comparisons that everybody had about him coming into the coming into the NFL. So I think they view Sky Moore as like a long-term outside receiver for them. That's a developmental player. Like this I've been kind of like like rolling my eyes at like, oh, he can't get on the field. He can't get on the field. Like this is a big concern. It's like they have a bunch of veterans there. Like even yeah, if you don't yeah, think yeah. these guys are good players, like they have guys who've played in the league for a long time. Or at least have right. like have career resumes with some with the team and like McCole Hardman, right? But yeah. um anyways, I, I don't know. I'm I'm I wouldn't get too like excited about sky more until we kind of see him out there and featured because we just haven't seen it yet. But I think that Kadarius Tony makes more sense as like their long-term slot guy. Whereas I think they kind of view sky more as an outside receiver, uh, whether we like, whether you agree with that in, or not. Yeah. You know, the, the you're right. The, the entire pre-draft process around sky more was again, this guy's five ten, 195 pounds, um, you know, can run routes and, and do those things as you highlighted that he's pretty good against man coverage as well. Um, but is is his success rate versus zone something that you look at and say, okay, this is something that would fit well into the slot role? Um, look, as you mentioned, Juju played about has played about 50-50 outside inside, um, which is another reason why I drew up those Sky more comparisons because I thought, okay, maybe Sky could be one of these 50-50 guys, uh, flanker slot type of players, right? When you talk about Kadarius Tony, I drew the comparisons actually to McCole Hardman. Right. Whereas McCole Hardman, again, they kind of, he's that movable chess piece, right? Mm-hmm. That Andy Reid can utilize. But when you need a guy to actually run big boy routes, when you need a guy to actually run, you know, more timing based stuff and uh, beat the zone and, and, you know, again, be a heady player, that's where Juju thrived, right? Like he yeah, was not really like a, you know, movable chess piece. You know what I mean? So, for me, I, I almost, again, I, I, I go back to Sky more and say, hmm, I wonder if Sky with Andy Reid having now a full week of preparation, because remember, he didn't have that, right? Like Juju got injured in the game, yeah. right? So if Andy didn't prep Sky more to be ready in that spot at that moment, then he's not going to play. Right. But yeah. things can change with an entire week of practice, an entire week of game planning. And we know Andy Reid is an absolute, you know, mastermind in that regard. So I'm, I'm curious because we knew Miko was going to be out. So that's yeah. why they had it ready. They were ready for Kadarius Tony to get yeah. in there and, and feed him the ball. Not necessarily the case with Sky Moore. That's why I'm kind of curious. I'm just curious. Maybe Andy Reed cooks up a little something, something uh, for Sky Moore in this upcoming week. I think we'll see. 
You know, we actually, I don't know if people realize this, but the Chiefs don't have a single wide receiver who's lined up in the slot on more than 50% of their snaps this year. Uh, MVS, wow. 36%. Juju, 41%. McCole Hardman's the highest at 49.1%. Interesting. Um, this Justin Watson character is just shy of 40%. So <laughs> uh-huh. these 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 guys, and Sky Moore, like I said, about 35%. And Kadarius Tony 31% and a real limited look there. But these guys have all sort of moved around um, especially between flanker and slot, uh, except, um, yeah, McCole, I mean, uh, MVS, MVS is like yeah. mostly, mostly the outside X receiver, like, cause he's a, he's a speed guy can dictate coverages, but yeah, I'm, I'm certainly interested in sky Look, I, I really, really like sky I think he's actually a better press man coverage beater than, um, uh, than a zone beater right now. And I still think at some point, you know, whether it's this year or next year, you know, the teams have played a ton of man coverage against Kansas City Chiefs this year because they don't respect these receivers. As much as Juju's no. a good player, he's not a press man coverage beater. We've detailed right. that at Reception Perception for, I mean, like years now at this point. <laughs> um, and MBS, right. like I just said earlier, not a press man beater. Even Kadarius Tony's not like a refined press man coverage route run on the outside. McCole Hardman, certainly not that. Like he's found his most success on these like gadgety type plays. So yeah, I'm I'm certainly like, Sky Moore at some point will have to be a guy that gets involved. I don't know when that will be. I don't know if that might just be next year, but um, I, I think you've got a good theory there about like if Juju doesn't play in this game, do they prepare Sky Moore to be more involved? Because yeah, they've like they've played Justin Watson uh, a ton, but he's not really ever gotten a lot of targets. If it just fifteen no. targets on the year, right? Um, so as much as he's gotten out there, he's been a part of like. You know, I, I, they haven't really thrown him. So I think it'd be a little bit surprised. Maybe, maybe if Justin Watson has like some kind of crazy big game against the Chargers. I, I don't know. That would be that would be pretty interesting. Well, I mean, again, he's a size speed guy. And, you know, all it takes is just one, you know, Patrick Mahomes uncorking uh, to, to basically say, oh, wow, this Justin Watson guy can move a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it's an interesting matchup, I think, with the Chargers, too. Uh, it's more of a run funnel defense. And I, I just, you know, KC... They, they never do this, but I mean, it's such a run funnel defense. Yeah. Casey may actually commit to the run. I don't know. Um, so yeah, we'll they see. just iced CEH last week. They like, I know. barely played him, and Pacheco got all the I early love Pacheco. Oh, I mean, God, if, I love well, Pacheco. yeah, talk about like, hey, we're, they, <laughs> we could make, just on the players you discussed so far, we could make like a James yeah. Coe starting offense, like this Justin yeah. Watson guy, Christian Let's Watson, and, and Isaiah Pacheco, like just the all the all bus team, like get off the bus, and, and oh, man, I mean, we're talking, we're talking. Oh, my goodness. I, I love Pacheco. His vision is a little bit um, sus, but. The, yeah. But other than that, look, he's a seventh round pick for a reason. Okay, guys, right. it's like you know, let, let's. I'm, I'm not getting too crazy on the guy here. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, but he is a big. He's a big boy, dude. You know, 5'10", 216 pounds. Ran a very impressive four three seven forty. But much more straight line than he is horizontal. Like doesn't have a lot of like that like Kenneth Walker like horizontal no. floating movement. You know. That's not what he does. What he does, straight line speed. If you can get him on outside zone stretch and stuff, maybe he can plant a foot and go. But yeah, you want him running to the outside or, you know, gap scheme, blocking it up and just having him shoot right up the middle and get the hell out of there. Um, but <laughs> again, size 216, speed 43740. There's a lot to get excited about for a seventh round draft pick in what is going to be a great offense, right? 
and that's really what it comes down to it, for me in, in terms of getting really excited about Pacheco is that, yeah, he's a size speed guy, but he's also the starting running back getting a ton of snaps now in the best offense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what you get excited about. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. And again, he's taking all the charges, arguably one of the, not arguably one of the two worst rush defenses in the NFL. You know what I mean? That's why we're excited about any of these guys. Like, it's why the Kadarius Tony like became like Andy Barons at Yahoo talked about it. Like he went from being not a, like totally unavailable, like totally available in Yahoo leagues to like the most rostered, like the most added player like yeah. that as soon as, and yeah. because he like, obviously people were excited about Tony. I think a little overexcited in the fantasy community, but he goes to the chiefs and it's like, Oh boy, like, rocket ship emojis, you know, sky Moore gets drafted in the second round. People get all gassed up about it. Of course yeah, you get yeah, gassed yeah, up yeah, about yeah. it. Like, they went to play the best quarterback on planet Earth. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Man, the Kadarius bros were out, boy. Oh, my gosh. They were loving life. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Uh, hey, listen, let's talk about San Francisco here a little bit. Debo Samuel, Brandon IU. Uh, interesting splits the last two games here for Debo Samuel. It's almost been, you know, you throw CMC into the mix and uh, Brandon Ayuk has certainly elevated his game just a little bit as well. But Debo Samuel has taken a little bit of a backseat. Matt, I think we we definitely hit on this in the preseason um, that this is an offense that could not sustain, uh, in, in, in my opinion, two, you know, top 15, two top 20 wide receivers. Um, and I think we're kind of sort of trending that way, aren't we? Uh, yeah, we're, we're def- look, we're, we're definitely trending that way. Um, this is a stat I saw from Jacob Gibbs, who does great work uh, in 433 routes run simultaneously over the past calendar year. So yes. thinking back to last year, that's post Brandon Ayuk doghouse, 95 targets for Brandon Ayuk, 91 for Debo Samuel. Air yards, hmm. 864 for Brandon Ayuk, 570 for Debo Samuel. Receiving yards, re- excuse me, receiving production, 68 catches, 997, four touchdowns for Brandon Ayuk, 56 catches, 851 yards, three touchdowns for Debo Samuel in that same span. So a couple different thoughts here. One, okay. every national media member, all of you knuckleheads out there, when you list off the 49ers, like, players and all of like oh man look at all of these great players uh that san francisco has you know they have um they have debo samuel they have chris mccaffrey now they have george kittle like some of them don't even mention brandon Ayuk, but almost everybody <laughs> almost everyone yeah. almost everybody lists him lists him fourth again if he even gets a freaking mention there you all should be embarrassed because you're not paying attention and you're not watching the games i mean george kittle like George Kittle's the biggest afterthought in this offense right now. Hundred percent. Since, since 100%. week five, since week five, Brandon Ayuk. And I know he's been the healthiest of these guys all year. So like, obviously, we we need to say that too. Kittle missed time with injuries. Debo missed time with injuries. But just since week five, three hundred eighty-eight yards for Brandon Ayuk. Two hundred eighty-eight. George Kittle second place. A hundred more yards for Brandon Ayuk. One hundred sixty-five receiving yards in that span for Debo Samuel. And again, I know he he, de- he dealt with an injury, but Dude, like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, Brandon Ayuk is, it's not a, it's like not a hot take to say that Ayuk is 
the best wide receiver on this team. And that's not a shot at Debo Samuel because Debo Samuel freaking rocks. But like Brandon, you can just that <laughs> he's just that good right now. And I mean, even from like a fantasy angle, I I think I'm like rest of the season rankings. I'm gonna probably go in on the site and like move Ayuk up to the same tier with Debo at the very least because okay. I think these guys are just pretty equal in terms of talents right now. If, if and Ayuk honestly, I mean they do they do it differently, right? Like I actually just talked to Debo yesterday and like you know he pointed out that like all Ayuk really he said all Ayuk really needed was opportunities. That was it. Like and he's getting those opportunities right now. Um, Brandon Ayuk versus Debo Samuel since week seven. Um, and again, they've been on the field two times uh, in that span. And again, I bring up week seven because uh, this is uh, when the CMC trade goes down, right? So Brandon Ayuk, uh, 18 targets versus Debo Samuels, 13 targets in the two games that they have uh, played in that span. 166 yards receiving for Brandon Ayuk, just 66 yards for Debo Samuel. He's just been so much more productive um, higher catch rate, obviously 72% catch rate for IU 54% for Debo Samuel, but you add a guy like Christian McCaffrey into the mix and boy, it just kind of sort of gums everything up for all these other players, except for Brandon Ayuk, who has seen pretty consistent target share all throughout, um, you know, this, uh, this new era with CMC in a Niners uniform, you talk about George Kittle. Good God. Look, I mean, it's just so he's always been a very up and down player, but it just seems it's just even more highlighted now because CMC is in the mix, um, and getting those targets. And this is not like one of these like 50 pass attempt teams. You know what I'm saying? Like, if no, they yeah. Get, if they get 35 out there, you're feeling pretty good, you know? So it's got to come from somewhere. And the volatility right now has come from Kittle and Debo and CMC a, a, a bit as well. But you're right. Brandon Ayuk's been pretty good. I believe he has 80 plus yards in four, at least 80 yards in four straight games. Uh, it might be five straight games. I can't refer for Brandon Ayuk. I mean, he's been, like you said, the most steady part here. And, and like, talk about George Kittle's volatility. It's not even really his fault. He's just so good as a blocker, right? Like, this is right. talked about forever. Um, and I just think, like, when you look at him, you know, George Kittle's 29 years old. Like, he's he's the guy that I think is is the oldest of this group. Um, you know, he's certainly just, like, Ayuk is ascending still. Debo, I think, is maybe not still ascending, but he's, like, an, he's established in his prime. Kittle's yeah. like on, you know, maybe the other side of that. He plays really physically. He does suffer suffer injuries, but he's just so freaking good as a blocker. This team runs the ball so much. And I mean, this is why we were all kind of captivated by Trey Lance. It's like, oh, can he come in here and change the complexion and the way this offense operates? That we still don't know. We may never know. But yeah. what has been clear this year is that, and this was my theory on this when they traded for CMC, was that the guy who was going to suffer the least was Brandon Ayuk because he plays a different brand of football than Debo Samuel who you know some of these like design creative touches like check down type stuff like that's gonna go to McCaffrey now it's not gonna go to Debo Debo still is like he's a great dig route runner uh he's he's great against zone coverage stuff like that but it just Ayuk is more of a downfield outside the numbers dominator um and man he's, he's just been awesome this year uh and, and I think people are still sleeping on that you know it's interesting too right when they brought back, activated Elijah Mitchell off of IR. They only played him about 30-ish yeah, percent of the snaps, right? But like it seemed like every single time he was on the field, he was getting the ball, right? Yeah. He got a ton of carries for not playing that many snaps, which kind of, I think, 
gives you a, a sneak peek into the mind of Kyle Shanahan of, okay, Elijah Mitchell knows my system. I know I can run certain plays with him and we're just going to give him the ball and he'll keep us in positive down and distance because that phrase right there, positive down and distance, that to me is like, you talk about like what they want to get done, San Francisco, that is it. They know they can't get into third and long. Like no, That's yeah. absolute nightmare fuel for Kyle Shanahan knowing what he's got at quarterback, right? So and down and distance too. and offensive line. So down and distance for them is a hugely important. Um, they have a lot of options there in San Loaded. Francisco. Loaded, 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 but good luck trying to figure out who's going to have a huge day. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Pretty much impossible. Very impossible. But for real football, like for the 49ers, it's a good problem to have, man. Cause like oh, they have somebody, they have somebody who can absolutely destroy you on any given play. Dude. If Tom Brady doesn't make a move to come to the Niners next year, I would be absolutely stunned. Like what about, what about Aaron Rodgers? What about, I mean, well, they have no draft picks to go trade. They for got him, no. But, um, yeah. <laughs> and also the contract makes it impossible. I think Tom Brady can get out of his, right? If I'm not he's mistaken. A free agent. I think he's a free agent. Like, yeah, he just doesn't have a deal for next year. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, like him signing with San Francisco, I feel like, geez, like let's, I'm, you know, and again, what, uh, he doesn't, ha- he doesn't have to go to retirement now. Right. Like no. he doesn't have a wife. Nope. He doesn't have a wife that he needs to appease at home. No, that. That's not working. So that's all good. Nope. Let's just play football, baby. Play, play till you're, <laughs> play till you're dead. I guess. I mean, I, I guess so. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. There you go. All right, man. Hey, listen. Um, I've got to get running here. It's, you know, I, I've got the, some other obligations that I got to get to. So we're gonna cut this podcast a little bit short today. So I do apologize to the listeners out there. But if you guys would do us a solid and uh, subscribe and rate to the podcast, that would be great. If you don't want to listen to the whole podcast, that's cool. The, the clips of the show can be found on Matt Harmon's YouTube page as well. So go subscribe there. All right. For Matt Harmon, I am James Coe. We'll catch you in a bit. See you.